Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studio on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show. Wolf is here. Technical difficulties out of the gate. Yeah, how you oh, doing, man? Right, right there. Going, Interesting. Can you okay. Hear us? Yeah, I can hear you right now. <laughs> that was kick save and a beauty. That should be our new show open. Just Maloney saying, "Can you hear us?" And here we are. Yeah, there it was right there. Uh, turn the dial all the way up. Turn the volume. That'd be good, right there. Uh, Tim Ring, what are you doing? <laughs> Honestly, Timmy, you sit here and you don't remember to log out. All right. Still logged in. Well, he was, and I had to kick him. Out and then all of a sudden there it is right there. Turn it up. How you doing, Lou? So you basically you're you're the buffer between Tim Ring because if, if Tim Ring doesn't log out when Gambo gets in here, he will absolutely use his Twitter account. <laughs> you got that right. So yes. you've saved Tim. Okay, yeah, I would. I'd never do that to Timmy. No, but I mean, in fact, you've actually you've you've prevented yes. it from happening. Yeah, of course. Think of yourself as this four hour buffer that comes in. And- but Tim, I'm your guardian. Never forget that, Timmy. <laughs> I don't know if that's scary or good. Uh, I guess it depends on the situation. Well, well, it does. That's right, the situation. Yeah. It's always about context. It Never is. forget that, my young crunks. All right, how about uh, somebody give me some context for what has happened to the Phoenix Suns? Uh, and the final score, 125 to 98. Stop. Nobody's panicking. That was not what we've been used to around here. And not many times have I felt that way. Here's a three-pointer that's up and in for Tatum. Suns will take a timeout. Another three-pointer. Just because there were nine. You know, it was out of reach. You know, not like our team usually does. We kind of gave in when we were down 20, 25 points. The Boston Celtics continue their winning ways. Celtics get the win. It's hard. You know, it's hard. You know, the team been playing, fighting, and competing to thrust me back in after a month. You know, it feels like we played this music already this week. It's because we just did two days ago, Wolf. Near thee, oh God, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, they played that on the Titanic, so you get it. So Nobody overreact. The suns aren't going down. There's a couple ways to look at this, all right? And it's it's hard to look at it with any optimism with this Just music playing. Everybody remain calm. You can have the conversation of, you know, are the suns, are they flawed? Is there something wrong with them? Okay, no, it's, it's two games. If you're going to have the conversation, though, of are the suns like an NBA title contender right now... I, How can you feel good about it after the last two days? How can you? The last two days on top of how last season ended. Just because there's these eerie similarities of, okay, well, the the Suns got punched in the mouth. Well, they're just done. It's like they they are a heavyweight boxer that's one of the best in the world, and one punch can knock them out sometimes. Where did this come from? This wasn't an issue two years ago. Honestly, don't know right now. I'm trying to remain calm. I am. All right. Um, Another non-competitive game. Non-competitive. We're talking about the Phoenix Suns here. 
What? Well, wait, what's your definition of non-competitive? Are you saying down by 45 is non-competitive? Yeah, I, I would say that. Okay. That's the definition of non-competitive right. when you're down by 45. All right. Whatever is wrong with this team, it makes them play basketball like they did in Game 7 of the Mavericks series. <laughs> the last two games, including the Mavericks, the Mavericks. Um, this is still their fault somehow. Did, did it not look exactly like that game? Yes. Once again, just non-competitive coming out ice cold, just like they did against the Mavericks, just like they did the, the last time they played the Mavericks, most, recent, most recently. And then, of course, in Game 7, we all understand that. Game 6 wasn't great either. We, game 6 was not great. We just glossed over seven, that because right. Game we 7 just, was worse. Exactly right. It was worse. And another non-competitive game, that is my first thought when I think of the Suns and how they're playing. Nobody overreact here. But the truth is the truth, and you've got to start with the truth. This was another non-competitive game. The truth is, if the playoffs were starting tomorrow, you wouldn't feel good about this team. Because there is something wrong. Not something wrong in the context of, oh, this isn't a good basketball team. Something wrong in the context of, there's going to be adversity in the playoffs. If you're talking about this team as a title contender, and I believe they are... You can't have this flaw in your system of oh wait something exposed us we're just done we're just done if this if 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 this was the start of a seven game series right now do you have any confidence that they would come back after what you saw last year <laughs> now, the difference between and I'm interested to see where this goes Wolf, the way last season ended it was like oh wait wait Dallas figured some oh, wait Dallas is hitting shots and we're not well I guess we're just done. Uh, there's 57 games left this year, so they're going to have to play their way out no. of it, whereas last year the season just ended. Yeah, let's, you know, once again, I'm trying to look at this and remain calm and not overreact on this whatsoever. But, you know, um, this is the one thing since Chris Paul has showed up that the Phoenix Suns have really done well. They They beat 500 or better teams. This is what they do. They have a great record of beating teams that are 500 or better. And, you know, that's a lot of that has got to do with Chris Paul playing in games. And, you know, for me right now, watching them play, uh, yeah, it's the similarity of the Mavericks series and what happened in the Mavericks series and how bad they looked in the Mavericks series. And then, of course, the last time, it's the similarities the last time they played the Mavs. And then watching this last night, once again, they were down by 45 points. The Phoenix Suns down by, I know the Boston Celtics have the best record in the association. But the Suns are a great team. That's what I'm going to call them. A great team. And they're down by 45 points at home? There's no excuse. There's there's no way to spin it. I mean, I said this after the Dallas game the other day. You're going to have a couple duds over the course of the season. They had it even, you know, a couple years ago when they made the NBA Finals. I remember they had a bad game against Orlando right before Orlando was trading everybody the next day. You're like, okay, yeah, the Suns just didn't have it tonight. But there needs to be something in place where, okay, you know what? Devin Booker's not hitting his shot tonight. That doesn't mean you go down by 45 like, and I told you this in the pre-show meeting, it's going to get real difficult for me to keep making the case that Devin Booker should be an MVP candidate I know. if he keeps not showing up against the other MVP candidates. Yes. 
So that is difficult right there. I don't I'm not I don't want to overreact. I still think this is a title <laughs> contender, but I would be nervous if this was happening at the end of March. They've got time to work it out and I think they will, but it does if it doesn't raise questions for you or them, then it won't get better. I just wonder, you know, when do you see great football teams get destroyed? When do you see that? When do you see great football teams does it does it happen where they get beat? Yes. It does happen where where they get beat. Rarely do you see a football team get destroyed. That's a great football team, right? Rarely do, you, and that's what I, I'm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to justify this because I think the NBA is is the same way. Rarely do you see a great team that is down by twenty five before the half. Rarely do you see a great team that is down by 26 before the half, 22 before the half, 45. <laughs> what, what is going? I mean, honestly, that, that to me, what is that? You hit it right there, though. It's, it's the eerily similar feeling that it conjures up to the end of the season last year or to the Dallas game earlier this week. And I was, I was listening to some of the postgame show with John Bloom last night, and there was a couple callers that kept referencing May 15th of last season, Game 7 against Dallas. How, how could you not reference it after that game? And one caller called in and was like, I don't understand why all of a sudden we get in these nationally televised games, the biggest stage in the league, and we're, it's over five minutes into the game. Like, you can lose to Boston. I ice cold. A lot of people came out ice cold. If we were being honest with ourselves, like me, I thought that they would bounce back after the Dallas game and it would be a good game, but Boston's the best team in the league and you're working Chris Paul back. And you're yeah. like, okay, maybe you lose by four. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. You, you lose the game. Hey, it happens. Down by 45. 45. Not after Man, the game. So much, so much to say about this. So little time. You, you, and you especially <laughs> can't follow up a loss to Dallas the way you lost to Dallas by then going down 45. All right, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are heading to State Farm Stadium May 14th with the Strokes. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10, but you can win a pair of tickets now by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. All right, we come back. Kyler Murray and his teammates now are responding to Patrick Peterson's criticism. So when does this all get put behind them? We'll get into that. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show here on this Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. What day is it, Wolf? Friday. Is it Saturday? It is yeah. Thursday, as a Thursday. matter of fact, right well, there. Thursday yes. night football tonight. It is Thursday, yeah, no doubt, man. Raiders, Rams, are you kidding me? Baker, Baker Mayfield's Mayfield. going to play. <laughs> I, they want to have him is, active. You know it. Why not? Throw him out there. How fun would that be? Baker Mayfield is going to play. I, I fully expect him to take a snap or two. So, with the Cardinals, we played a little bit of this yesterday, but we didn't get to get into any of the, the teammates uh, stepping in on Kyler Murray's behalf. So, before I play any of this audio, Wolf, the, you know, the Patrick Peterson stuff was last week. And Patrick Peterson, in his own way, tried to walk it back. You can make the case he made it worse. But either way, he, he tried to walk it back. Um, to me, the story, though, is... <laughs> Like in the off season, when there was all those questions about Kyler Murray, well, why is his agent pushing so hard for an extension right now? Why is he doing it this way? Is it passive aggressive? And you started to hear, you know, unnamed sources saying, "Oh, he's not a great teammate. He's not a great leader." You didn't hear a ton of teammates come to his defense. Yeah, it's not like they really piled on. You just didn't hear a ton. Some did, but but 
in this case, over the last week, we've heard a lot of teammates come to Kyler Murray's defense. So I don't know if that is just the circumstance. I don't know if things have changed over the course of the season, if Kyler has changed. I don't know if teammates over the course of the season have seen him putting in effort or if they realize maybe we need to be more vocal. I don't know what it is, but it's it's very noticeable. Yeah, you know, once again, I think it's just part of the process right now for Kyler Murray. Um, he is developing. He's not a finished product. I think he's got a lot better from where he started when he was a rookie. He's gotten better every year, as a matter of fact, as a leader. He's gotten better at his craft every year. And then this year, of course, there's a lot of people that are looking at him in terms of on the field. And I'm speaking specifically about on the field. He's taking a step back. Yeah. Well, this is um, this is from yesterday. Here's DeAndre Hopkins talking in response to what Patrick Peterson said about his quarterback last week. Yeah, obviously it surprised me. And I think obviously, you know, someone like Pat P, uh, being in Stockton, being, being a Cardinal here, uh, you know, longer than a lot of guys who have been a Cardinals player. You know, I know the relationship him and Kyler had before he left, so uh, I think that surprised a lot of us. And then the follow-up by Hopkins, they asked him if uh, if Kyler is just a misunderstood player. I'm not. I'm not one to give a PSA about Kyler. I think he played hard. Uh, obviously, it's, it's 11 people out there on the field, not just him. And I think uh, 10 other people got to do their job uh, for him to be successful. So, uh, one thing I know about Kyler is you know, he loves his game. Yeah, you know, it's so cool to hear DeAndre Hopkins right there because I'm not one to give a PSA, right? <laughs> Such a DeAndre um, Hopkins way to it, say it. It really is. You know, I, again, this guy, um, I respect him so much, and I think I would have gotten along with him really, really well from my own perspective. I love the way that he leads. Um, he does it a little differently. There's no doubt about it. He does it completely differently than what I would do. But at the same time, I think we'd end up in the same place. Um, he, what he said right there, I love the fact that he's not a guy that's going to go out and defend somebody. He wanted to make that clear. Um, yet at the same time, I think he put things in perspective. And I think we got to remember again, just all the, you have to remember the the angst with Pat P. And I, I know that it's it's something that I'm tired of talking about, frankly, with Pat P. I, it, Pat P is when's the last time he played for the Arizona Cardinals? Oh, it's been years. I, I it you know, been years. it's just it it is so frustrating to me because I respect Pat P, and yet what he's doing I don't respect. Where he just continues to talk about the Arizona Cardinals, Pat. What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, yeah, I mean, how much of this it is makes the, him look bad? How much of it is the fact that he has a podcast? You know, it, would this have happened 15 years ago? Or, but at the same time, as I'm saying that, he flat out went and found the cameras after the the, the game against the Cardinals yeah, and, and, and yeah. called out Steve Kime. So it, I don't think it is just simply, hey, it's 2022 and he's got a podcast every week, and so he's got to fill it with content. And how much can you really talk about Kirk I know, Cousins? I know. <laughs> it's just, it's driving me crazy right now. But anyways, um, yeah, you know what? I liked what D-Hop had to say. Here's uh, Hollywood Brown weighing in as well. I don't know this perception uh, people got on Kyler. I mean, I see, I see why people, if you don't know him, I mean, 
he might come off wrong, but you know, Kyler one of the most loving people I know, one of the hardest working people I know. So when I see stuff like that, you know, instead of you know going for conversation, I ask him why he's why he's coming in that, and you know, but he didn't know, you know. So it's one of those things. I'm like, you know, why, why they saying that about you? So I just figured it out. I, I guess my question now, and there's no, this is more of a rhetorical question until we actually find the answer, but when when is this not the conversation around the Cardinals? You know, even just this show this year and this show last year, Wolf. Yeah. You just If you put those two year, years next to each other. It's a it, great question. It felt like last year we talked a lot about football. It yeah. felt like the conversation around the Cardinals was about football, and I mean, we still do this yeah. year, but it feels like just the overall conversation about the Cardinals since February has been... Why isn't Kyler a good teammate? Why isn't Kyler a good leader? Why is this going? It wasn't. It's not all just Kyler this season, obviously either. But it just feels like there's so much more either legitimate or contrived drama about off the field stuff. And my instinct would be when they start winning again, the conversation no, will go back to football. Ding ding, you win the prize right there because that's exactly what it is. It is win. That is the solution. There's one way out for the Arizona Cardinals on this. One way out for Kyler Murray. And Cliff Kingsbury, one way out for all of them, and that is win. They have to win. The NFL Anate is real. It is out there, and they don't like people coming in and upsetting the apple cart, so to speak. They don't like it. They don't like it at all. As a matter of fact, they despise it. You get in line like everybody else. You're not just going to come walking in here with your college offense and suddenly take over the National Football League. You're not going to do it, man. So you sit down and you shut up. There's one way to actually do it, and that is win. When you win, even the powers that be, even coaches and scouts and players that have waited patiently for their opportunity— their opportunity to shine and make big cash. Even they have to shut their mouths when you win. I also think there is this confusion, and, and honestly, I have it sometimes too, when you see the talent that Kyler Murray has and the talent that's on this roster, why why they're, what, 5-13 and 13 in their last 18 games. And I, and I was telling you before the show, I did a radio hit in Boston this morning leading up to this game, and their, their reaction to the Cardinals, Wolf, it was interesting to, to hear the Boston side of things, was, uh, I told you, they, they, they were upset they hadn't drafted Zayvon Collins, which was, I was yeah. like, wait, really? Because yeah. <laughs> that, that hasn't been the perception here until recently. But the other thing was, they they brought this up multiple times in the interview. The Patriots can't stop running quarterbacks, and they are terrified that Kyler Murray is going to run all over them. And I was just <laughs> quietly like, do not. <laughs> He's yeah. not even going to try to run all over you. Right. I didn't want to say that. So. I love the fact you didn't say Boston. That was kind of cool yeah, right there. Yeah, you I'm said Boston, Boston the way it should be. Boston. Boston. Exactly. Boston, um, Massachusetts. I, listen, I, so you were actually on, you were on the, the, the flamethrower that was WBEI? I don't know. WEEI. I don't know if it was oh, like a, okay. a pre-recorded interview or what it was, or I don't know if they were just, I don't know. They had a lot of questions about the Cardinals yeah. and why I think it's pertinent here is because there is still this perception out there of the Cardinals are a dangerous team. But we don't have that here right now. Yeah. And I don't think they have it in like in Seattle, San Francisco or LA with teams that see the Cardinals consider it's just it's just strange to me how 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 crazy it is that it's changed so quickly. Like I told you yesterday, the the the, the coach of the year odds a year ago right now. Cliff Kingsbury was number two. Yeah. Kyler Murray, a year ago, halfway through the season, was the MVP favorite or runner-up. And now they are like an afterthought. They're 4-8. and eight. 
That says it all. It does say it all, except what it doesn't say is how they're going to actually fix this uh, going forward. Text us your thoughts at the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. All right, what are you going to be watching for when the Cardinals take the field against the Patriots on Monday? Wolf will give you the Thursday edition of What Will Wolf Watch? Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we like to do this every Wednesday and Thursday. Well, what will Wolf watch? Just to set this up, yesterday, Wolf, you uh, just casually dropped the knowledge on all of us that uh, Paul Revere dabbled in amateur. <laughs> like we all knew that or something. So I'm, you've set the bar high for uh, for the Thursday edition of What Will Wolf Watch? Yeah, what do you say we go ahead and just get to it, shall we? What will Wolf watch? Blacksmithing with Bill. (laughs) The Arizona Cardinals play the New England Patriots on Monday night at State Farm Stadium in Phoenix, Arizona. Unfortunately, the Patriots have access to the Monday night game that was played in Mexico City, Mexico. That tape should serve as a blueprint on how to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Be a blacksmith, so to speak. In the beginning of blacksmithing, many ancient cultures linked it to supernatural occurrences. With greater technological developments at the start of the Iron Age, these mythical beliefs began to fade, of course. Smithing was physical. Pound the rock, shape the iron work. Kyle Shanahan understands shaping the line of scrimmage, my brothers. The 49ers had a 17-10 halftime lead that Monday night in Mexico. It was a close, contested game that got downright nasty in the second half. The 49ers came out of the tunnel with a huge hammer and ran eight plays that covered 75 yards and produced a touchdown. Seven of those plays were running plays, and five of them attacked right between the tackles. And if you close your eyes and think of that possession, you will remember the clashing of the pads. Mac Jones remembers yelling at Matt Patricia, telling him how bad his running plays were. He might be yelling at Patricia again during this game, and not because it's a Monday. Mac Jones can expect to hand the ball off a ton this week. Ramondre Stevenson is a beast and a burden for any that would dare to square his physicality. Why would you do anything other than hammer the Cardinals between the eyes with a six foot, 235 pound nail? You wouldn't. You'd hammer the front seven and pound the box until it becomes a perfect circle. Mac Jones better start yelling at Matt Patricia now because his voice won't be in shape when Stevenson gets the ball 25 times. It took more than 25 times for the ancients to discover that by reducing a natural iron ore with heat, it was possible to produce wrought iron. This substance was perfect for making simple tools tougher than those made from stone. A strong running game makes me think of stone. The Patriots run the ball 26 times a game. That may seem like a lot to some, but the Cardinals actually run the ball more per game than the Patriots. 
Big Red runs the ball 26 and a half times per game. Aha, Bill Belichick. And the Mac and Mac Jones is the one screaming at Patricia. Eventually, early forgers of blacksmith history learned to make steel, my brothers. Steel is a combination of iron ore and carbon, which early blacksmiths found in the charcoal they used to start their fires. Those discoveries helped blacksmithing cement its place in world history. The Cardinals' front seven better cement themselves into the gaps. The Patriots' offensive line isn't necessarily a great run-blocking unit, but they will put on the blacksmith bib apron and pound some steel on the line of scrimmage. Bill Belichick will exploit your greatest weakness, and when you think of what the 49ers did to the Cardinals in that second half, he won't have to look far in order to find his steel weapon of attack. Steel weapons were quite powerful and often handed down through generations. Some were thought to have magical powers, and they often carried an air of mysticism. Mystic or not, the 49ers game was a statement then and is a statement now. Because the memory remains on tape. Isn't that right, Bill? They bring up Ramondre Stevenson. 39 catches in the last six games, too. Yes. Like they have it, traditionally, it feels like over the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, the Patriots kind of have like five, six different running backs that they use in little different specific areas of the game. They have found a guy in, in Ramondre Stevenson that they, it's not like he has a bunch of 100 yard rushing games. He had a 161 yarder against the uh, Lions earlier this season, yeah. but he gets you 50 yards on the ground and 50 yards through the air pretty much every game now. Well, for the most part, too, you look at his um, his yards per carry, of course. I think it's 4.6, somewhere there, almost mm-hmm. five yards a carry. Yep. This guy, this guy runs the ball and he does it in a very physical way. Guess what? He, it takes a toll to actually tackle Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> it takes a toll because when he squares up on you and brings the hammer, that's a tough tackle. And that's exactly what I think is going to happen. I I will be shocked if Stevenson does not get the ball 25 times unless the Arizona Cardinals get up early and all of a sudden, you know, you're not going to be running the ball to try to bring yourself back. If this is a tight game, um, I I think he's going to get 25 carries in this game. This feels like a tight game, doesn't it? I mean, it just, does. Just two teams that the Patriots are pretty good defensively, and they haven't been great offensively. And I still think the Cardinals this season, you, you kind of have more confidence in the defense than the offense just because we haven't seen the offense all play together or ever fire on all cylinders it feels like but uh yeah to your point on stevenson over 1100 total yards already rushing and receiving and we're only going into week 14 yeah he's got 734 he's gonna rush for over a thousand yards man i mean it's not even close he's gonna get somewhere i think before it's all said and done around 1200 this is gonna be one of those games it should be at least where jumping out to an early lead can, you have two teams, because we've heard this from Cliff, he's flat out said it on this show, that their recipe for success is to get up and then run the ball with James Conner. Well, look, you know Bill Belichick better than anybody here, but it sure seems like Bill Belichick looks and says, okay, what do you do? Well, I'm just going to take that away. I will take the best thing you do well. I'll, I'll take that away, and then we'll deal with something else. And you know full well the Patriots would love to get up and, like you just said, be able to keep running the ball. If you can put them down 14, 
I don't know that Belichick's the guy that's just going to abandon the run in the second quarter, but if you could have a nice two-score lead in the second half, they're going to have to go to Mac Jones, and Mac Jones has kind of been all over the place this year. Yeah, no, you're right about that. You know, I think they're definitely going to come in here, and the one thing the Patriots do is get after you in terms of your your quarterback and getting to your quarterback. And that would be job number one, concern number one. If I am Steve Hyden, the new offensive line coach, and you're Cliff Kingsbury and you're Kyler Murray, that is is what you're worried about right now because the New England Patriots get after quarterbacks. It's what they do. They get after you, and that's one of the reasons why it's so imperative the Cardinals remain balanced because if you get one-dimensional against this Patriots team with Matthew Judon and company, you're, you're toast. You can't, and they, they're not coming off a bye week, but they, again, they played last Thursday, so Belichick's had even more time than usual to prepare for you. So it's any, any mistakes you make, any weaknesses you've shown on tape all season, he's gonna exploit. So you need to go out there and play. Basically, I would say the way you played the first three quarters against the Chargers, but you need to play it for the full four quarters to, to actually win this game. Alright, we come back. It was not a good night for the Suns last night, and they didn't get much out of their stars. So where is your concern level? right now with this team. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, if you watched that game last night, Suns-Celtics, the first of three games where we're welcoming Boston to our city. Coyotes Bruins tomorrow, Cardinals Patriots on uh, Monday. So hopefully those two games go better than the one last night. If you watched that game last night and you thought, well, if, you know, the Stars just don't have it tonight. Well, you know, Monty Williams agreed with you. Uh, Book and Mikhail had, you know, tough nights. Mikhail had a few open shots early. He couldn't knock those down. It happens. Um, but you, to your point, we have to be able to do something else in a different environment. Uh, when those guys can't, because I put a lot of pressure on Book. I mean, that's, you can't have the cape on every night, you know. And um, Mikel had some shots from the corner. He typically knocks down. Um, we just didn't have it tonight. Once again, there it is. You see what Monty Williams was doing, trying to deflect. He put too much pressure too on Book. Too much pressure it's on all Monty's Book, fault. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly right. I think it's Monty's um, fault when guys can't hit shots. But, you know, once again, this is what a coach does uh, so much of the time. He doesn't do it all the time, but he does it an awful lot, especially when you've hit a rough patch in the season. You start taking blame for how your team is playing. And ultimately, ultimately, that's where it does end. It ends with the head coach. Now, anyone that has listened to me, you know how I feel about this. Just don't let the players feel that way, (laughs) right? That it ends with the head coach because it doesn't. It ends with you. It begins and ends with you, the player. Yeah, I think Monty's pretty calculated with that stuff. I mean, you'll, you'll note the names he threw out right there. He puts too much pressure or puts a lot of pressure on Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges. I think you can say that without any fear that Devin Booker, after the game, is going to be like, ah, oh, it wasn't my fault. It was Monty's fault. I'm yeah, right, Devin Booker exactly. will hold himself plenty accountable was, for a bad and game. And that's the great thing about Book. 
Uh, more from Monty Williams talking about just the way that game unraveled quickly, and it did unravel quickly. The lack of shot making early, I thought, deflated us, and we just can't do that. You know, you have to be able to to overcome that. Usually, your defense can make up for that. We didn't have either shot making or. Um, a high-level defense on the floor. That's what's been the difference here in these. Again, I'm not overreacting to last night's game. I'm overreacting to last night's game and the game against <laughs> Dallas and game seven against Dallas and game six against Dallas. Where These games where the sun's, the shot's not falling early and they're just done. Whereas, you're overreacting but, and you know it. But not to one game specifically. No, you're right. Because there is this, this disturbing pattern now where are they still a contender? Absolutely, they're still a contender. But you got to work this out. you got to figure out whatever this is. By the way, you're playing the number one seed in the Western Conference now tomorrow That's and right. again on Sunday. Yes. You can't this team's identity a year ago was not well we're not making shots so we'll just see you tomorrow monty williams just said it right there if the shots aren't falling somebody else's shots fall or you win a game with defense or you at least hang right. around the game with defense and maybe Devin booker starts, maybe booker starts hitting shots in the fourth quarter if he's not hitting in the first but it doesn't matter right now by 45 yes but this is exactly what they used to do last year they found ways to win games remember that was the great thing about it if they weren't if they weren't scoring if they if if they weren't scoring buckets they could shut it down on the defensive end of the floor stay tight stay in the, game. in the game yeah oh my goodness man uh, to me when i get right down to it based on what i saw last night the most disappointing thing from a collective from a team perspective the most disappointing thing was where was the run where, where, where where was the, you know what, doggone it? Uh, this is not, this is not who we are. There was no serious threat that was made after they got down. There was no fight. I think collectively, sports fans in the city hold the Suns to a higher standard than any other team right now. As you should. They just won 64 games. They were just in the NBA Finals. They don't typically lose two in a row. They've done it once this season. Now they did it again last night. They're on a two-game losing streak. Okay, that'll happen. But, man, the calling card for this team, one of them, Wolf, especially last year, was if they lost a game, they were out for blood the next game. Yes, right. You never would have seen last year until that playoff series, okay, we lost last game. Let's come out there. We're we're putting that behind us. Oh, we can't hit a shot in the first five minutes. Well, okay, we're just done. We're just done. We'll just roll over. Here's Devin Booker after the game. Yeah, we got to flush it. Um, You know, that's two in a row where, you know, we've gotten beat up pretty, pretty badly and, you know, you, you can't blame scheme. You can't blame rotation or anything on coach. This is something that, you know, we got to look in the mirror as a team and, you know, we have to fix it. Um, can't control making and missing shots, but you can control your effort every night. And, you know, that's what we need to do. The, the only potential silver lining here, Wolf, is like you can't get a wake-up call in the playoffs. We saw that last year. They got their wake-up call and the series was over. Yeah. You're getting your wake-up call. And I think... I think it's safe to say this week has been a wake-up call, these last two games, because of all the context surrounding the two games and how quickly they were done. I'd rather have my wake-up call on December 5th and December 7th than in Game 7 of a playoff series. You know what was just so weird to see is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and Mikel Bridges, all, all, all four of them struggling to hit a shot. Yeah. 
All four. It's it's amazing how contagious they had that bad is on games. This team. All four of those guys right there. You want to know why the Suns were down forty five points at one point in this game? Think, just stop and think about that. The Phoenix Suns down forty five points in this game. Those four guys in particular, right there. And I'm not saying they were out on the floor that whole time. They were not, of course. But that was. The worst game those four guys have played collectively since Chris Paul has shown up here. It, it's, it is strange how, because this was a, a huge talking point after Game 7 against the Mavericks, too. How, okay, Devin Booker's going to have an off-night shooting. It doesn't happen a lot, but it's going to happen, right? Well, why does that mean everybody else has to have an off-night shooting? <laughs> are, we, are we all the same person here? I don't get it. Okay, Devin Booker can't hit a shot. Well, maybe Mikel can. Now, it, it would help to have Cam Johnson, certainly. Cam Johnson's not going to make up a 45-point difference, and there's no guarantee Cam Johnson's hitting his shots. It's just, it's 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 disturbing, and the other part of the game that was undeniably disturbing is they got pushed around by the Celtics. Man, I know. And, and I know Boston's a physical team, and again, there's no reason to freak out because they lost a game. It's the way it's happening, and yeah, Boston's a physical team. Boston's 21-5. and five. Boston's the best team in the NBA. But the Suns aren't that much worse than Boston. They yes. really aren't. Yes. Um, uh, do you want me to talk about DeAndre Aiden right now? Here, do you I, want to talk about DeAndre I have a clip from DA. Do you want me to play that? I'd love to hear you want to DA. Start that? Please, DA, okay. explain yourself. Here's DA after the game. If you're talking to see the way we're supposed to compete, that's one thing. When we don't compete, that's what happens. That's number one against number one. And we're going to slip through our fingers. I was a really good team. I took advantage of every opportunity. Of us lacking what we needed to do tonight. And that was what? Rebounding, defending, not fouling, and getting in their way, and we made them do what they wanted to do. And they did a good job of, you know, moving the defense around, uh, moving the ball. You know, thinking that Tatum and, uh, Tatum and Brown are about to, you know, just do what they normally do, but no, they moved the ball around, got the guys going. There was a lot of threes made from anywhere, everywhere. And then they were old boarding and getting, you know, getting other shots and they were just beating us to the ball. They play harder. And that's what happened. It was frustrating because we don't, we don't, um, we don't lose two in a row. And when it comes to like good teams competing, we show up for the games. And tonight we didn't. No. No, he didn't. And uh, it wasn't just DA. I mean, it was the entire team, as we all know. But. Man, I, I last night was um, it was maddening for me to watch DeAndre play basketball. <laughs> Can I just say that right there? Um, this, this is just me personally as a former professional athlete. Again, I, I anybody that has listened to the show, you know how much I love and respect the personality of DeAndre Aiden, and his resiliency is encouraging to me. <laughs> the way he is able to bounce back. But can I just tell you right now to watch him? Why, if you just focus on him and forget about the play, forget about the ball, just watch his effort, watch the inexplicable lack of engagement from time to time and awareness from time to time and effort, it's stunning. And it bums me out. I, I get the standpoint that I'm sure a lot of Suns fans have right now of, dude, it's two games out of 82. There's certainly some truth to that. I just don't like the idea that's starting to permeate that you can push the Suns around. 
Because again, I'm looking at this through the perspective of the Suns should be an NBA title contender this year. Not, hey, are they a playoff team? Hey, are they, they're better than 80% of the league. But it's that other percent of the league right now that feels like they could just push the Suns around. And that's a problem. Even if the Suns get it in their head, like, no, they're not, these teams aren't going to push us around. Right now, if they, if you were starting a series with the Boston Celtics last night, if that was game one, how scary would this be going forward? Boston looks like and feels like they can do whatever they want. That's that's ultimately a team you'll probably have to go through this season if you want to get where you want to go. We come back over to football. Just how shaky is this Patriots offense, and can the Cardinals defense take advantage of that? We're going to ask 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander. He will join us in the lowdown next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Zoe.